for us as home builders, we we know like what's going on, right? We know the lumber prices and the shortages and all these things, but consumers, we can't assume that they know these things, right? We can't assume that they understand what is going on. They they know that, you know, there's bidding wars and houses are selling for significantly more than what they used to. But I think that we need to do a better job of communicating to our buyers and everyone out there, uh, you know, we're not just charging more money to make more money. Uh, you know, we're, we're charging more money to, to cover the costs. And uh, I think that there are builders can can do a better job of explaining why and just being super transparent to buyers out there to help in that conversation from the very beginning. Hi, and welcome to Building Perspective with Matt Riley and Molly Elfman. We're here to bring value to you and your team by exploring all things sales and marketing related. All from different perspectives. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Building Perspective. Today, we are talking about this market sucks. It sucks, people. And we're going to talk about why. And I am joined by my illustrious co-hosts, um, Amanda Dreschel and Alexis Udeen. Welcome, ladies, to the show. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, you know, having us, it's kind of like, it's its all of us, right? It's, True. We're, just, we're all just True. swapping out. We're just swapping out, trying to keep our heads above water. <laughs> Okay, I was taking a sip of my uh, fancy, uh, let's see, Perrier strawberry flavored yeah, uh, water. Uh, it gives me a, a little foo-foo drink. Um, it's okay. It's okay, though. I, I, I highly I, recommend it. I wouldn't uh, pinpoint you to be um, that kind of fancy water guy, but you learn something every day, right? Are you supposed to drink that pinky <laughs> out? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm drinking my gallon of uh, my water for 75 hard here. Out of your mason jar? Out of my mason jar. You were, is that where you normally drink wine from? Is out of your mason jar? Um, well, I, hopefully not this. Have you, you, you have <laughs> Well, you know, it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So let's talk about uh, why this market sucks. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rant for a minute. You guys jump in at any given time. So why does this market suck? Well, it sucks for builders. Um, it sucks for buyers. Um, and the problem is that we're having right now is that we're not, the builders and the buyers aren't seeing this from each other's perspective, right? Mm -hmm. so from the buyer's perspective, the they're saying like prices are going up like absolute crazy town. Um, and they're just thinking that that buyer, builders are just greedy, greedy people and just raking in the profits. And on the builder side, we're like, okay, um, I, I just got a 5% lumber price increase overnight with no notification. If my average sales price is $500,000, what's the math? Don't, oh. don't ask me math. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> overnight, right? Like that's literally overnight. 
Um, and so then we pass that cost on to the buyer. And the reality of it is if you take a 5% increase, you actually have to go up more than 5% to cover your margin because a 5% to 5% is actually a margin percentage reduction. That's a weird math thing. Don't ask me how. It's like the law of percentages. So it's weird. And so we're just trying as the home builders over here, we're trying to not lose money. And it's crazy that we can lose money in what is the highest demand housing market we've ever seen. So exactly. there is literally like the crashing or the, the they're just completely missing each other from the two sides. Buyers are getting in bidding wars, paying fifty to a thousand, hundred thousand dollars over list price. Builders are saying submit all your best offers by this date. Like it's just insanity. Nobody's really having fun. No. Nope. It's funny. I was recently talking to one of my builder partners and they were saying that they're more stressed out now than when they're not selling. And so, you know, you'll be kept up at night because you're not meeting your goal and you're not selling homes, but now they're up at night because they don't know how to meet the demand. And so you, you think you'd be so happy with all the sales you have, but it's a different kind of stress and um, a whole, a whole, uh, another thing to deal with. So it's in order they know if they're going to make any money on the houses that they're actually selling. Yeah. So, yeah. well, and then the then the scare the real scary part comes in is when um, you start building these houses and it, keeping your backlog together, right? Because mm -hmm. then you start having deals fall out. And yes, we have like substantial substantial low inventory everywhere. You're going to be able to sell it, but you still you don't want to lose you don't want to lose those deals. And um, the whole time you're all thinking about your reputation and your brand throughout all this and how well, you should be. You should be. And if you're not, you know, that should be top of your list because think about um, how people are perceiving you and your experience. I mean, that's something that you really have to focus in um, in this market. Yeah. Sure. And Matt, you, you had said the, you know, for us as home builders, we, we know like what's going on, right? We know the lumber prices and the shortages and all these things, but consumers, we can't assume that they know these things, right? We can't assume that they understand what is going on. They they know that, you know, there's bidding wars and houses are selling for significantly more than what they used to. But I think that we need to do a better job of communicating to our buyers and everyone out there, uh, you know, we're not just charging more money to make more money. Uh, you know, we're, we're charging more money to, to cover the costs. And uh, I think that there are, Builders can can do a better job of explaining why and just being super transparent to buyers out there to help in that conversation from the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're spot on. And so think about like rewind. Let's rewind. It's it's the date of this recording is April the fourteenth of twenty twenty one. This episode will go live. I think next week, maybe or something like that. Next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what day is today? Today's Wednesday. So next week, I'm going to go live next, next week. Taxes, so, isn't tax day April 15th or did I make that up? Aren't taxes? It, well, tax day is normally April 15th, but they extended tax day. <laughs> Got it. Not during COVID. It's not. That's right. Just kidding. So All right. If we, but, but realistically, if we rewind a year, you know, all of a sudden we're starting, you know, we're basically almost 30 days outside of when our country started closing. Uh -huh. And there was there was definitely a thirty day pucker factor. Um, once the uh, everybody's like, you guys are, I can we can see each other obviously, so they're <laughs> laughing at. Alexis always laughs at my stupid 
Comma. Is it a laugh or is it an eye roll? I don't know what's going <laughs> Maybe I'm mixing both. So, every, you know, there was that 30-day stop, basically. And we're like, we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and, and then, you know, we as the collective industry. Um, so then we got into where we actually started seeing the demand. And it was... Like, we we're like, wait a minute. Like, and then there were builders and we had builders in all states where you couldn't even go show homes, but yet everybody was selling homes. And then it was like, yeah, this is awesome. Let's go up on price, go up on price. Let's, it's time to make some money. And then uh, now we're in this, holy crap, we have to go up on price so we don't lose money because pricing is changing so rapidly. And so we've gone through this like, you know, crazy cycle of last summer we didn't you know we were like we weren't sure if we could sell this summer we're like we don't know if we want to sell or have <laughs> anything to sell or have anything to sell um so yeah i mean it's 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 all over the place and so what what we've done is i think was we kind of gone through that cycle and if we think about what we were doing a year ago the point of that year ago long story was to say how we were communicating with prospects. Like we were all over telling people, hey, we're open. We can sell you a home. You want to see a home? Here's how you can do it. Like it was plastered everywhere. Social media, the website, like every page on the website, emails. It was going out everywhere. Yep. Now what are we doing? The same thing. Well, should we be doing this? Well, should we? we should, <laughs> should be. be doing the same thing. I, I mean, I think you brought this up uh, in some of our conversations. So yeah, it's being super transparent, put it in that message anywhere and being educational to everyone. So we were showing people how they could tour our homes, how they could buy a home. And like you said, putting it everywhere. And now, you know, it's a completely different kind of message, but we should be treating it the same as we did back then. So yeah, I guess that's what they should be doing. Are we seeing builders do that? not everywhere. And that's why I think we're seeing a customer journey and a customer experience that, you know, isn't the best right now. And so that's where I think we can see improvement and the opportunity for our builders to kind of turn this market around or make the best of it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we have to put the same level of attention and effort into being transparent and communicating um, to people how like the information that they need to know. They need to they need to understand um, why the pricing is the way that it is. They need to understand that this isn't a housing bubble, that this is just a supply shortage as a whole. And then they also need to understand that, you know, the supply chain itself is kind of like broken down. I mean, we see it in the news. We saw it on the news just the other day. I mean, the White House is stepping in and the automobile industry. Well, the mic, was it the microchip? Did you guys see that? Did you guys see that news story? So there's like a microchip shortage. I, I think I might be getting the exact term wrong, um, but it's like there is a, so my dad works for Ford, right? And so um, they've shut his plant down for the next two weeks because they can't get any of these chips in that power the car. So Ford shut down factories, GM shut down factories. I'd be like... Apple is, you know, like all it, it like it's this whole domino effect to all these other industries that use like semi semiconductors or chips or something um, that's crazy. And so it's a, it's a supply chain deal. Right. And but obviously we don't build homes with microchips or semiconductors or whatever the heck it is that they have a shortage of. But the, our supply chain is still broken. And 
you know, it's that kind of stuff's not making the news. It's just prices are up 190%. Like this morning, Chelsea actually shared in our group chat um, a CNET article that says, when is the housing market going to crash? Right. Did you guys, did you guys have a chance to read that yet? Negative. Negative. No. Okay. I'm going to summarize it for you. Summarize it for our, for us and our audience. Yes. I'm going to summarize. All right. I'm going to summarize. Um, but basically the whole point of the article is it's talking about um, one of the things that uh, is highly being searched. So you want to hear this. So here we go. Um, there's increasing concern among consumers that the housing is experiencing a price bubble and that the bubble may be ready to burst. Google reported last week that the search question, when is the housing market going to crash, had spiked 2,450% in the past month. Wow. Why is the market so hot? Searches had doubled in just a week. Now, I will say, I don't necessarily think that there's a lot of searching happening around the search term, when is the housing market going to crash? Right. So I think that that percentage may be a bit um, misleading. <laughs> um, you know, because if you had two searches for how's the housing, when is the housing market going to crash? And all of a sudden you had 30, you know, that's, a you know, but right. taking into consideration of the entire United States, that's, that's next to nothing. However, this, it starts hitting the news. So the news, whatever's in the news becomes our reality, whether or not it's a, it's true or not. So it is something that people, whether or not they're searching for it or not, it's now going to be something that they're going to see. And it's going to be something that they're going to search for. Right. right. And they're going to be, why is the housing market so hot? And then uh, another one. And in the most telling indication that the market may be in a bubble quote, how much over asking price should I offer on a home in 2021? That jumped 350%. I didn't realize that Google was that smart, by the way, <laughs> that it could actually give me real estate purchasing guidance. Right. Um, and how much I should pay for a home. Maybe I should start looking at that for stocks. Maybe, yeah. I, I don't know, but like, I that's know. crazy uh, that people search that. However, they do. And so their reality becomes our reality. Now, yeah. I think this whole, uh, even though it's a CNBC article, I think it's a bit of a, of a it's a bit clickbaity. Uh, because when you go all the way to, is clickbaity a word, by the way? Sure. Um, when you go all the way down, um, basically it's saying, it doesn't mean that there aren't, it's basically saying it's a, it's a, it's a supply shortage and that's, that's the problem that we're having. Yeah. Um, it's not a bubble. Um, it does say, does that mean there'll be some markets that are not going to have any, pr any price growth or pricing is going to cool off? Yes, of course it is. But that doesn't mean that the bubble is going to, there's a bubble and it's going to pop. We just have massive demand and crazy low inventory. But knowing if I'm telling you this, Guys, if I'm telling you that this is what you're finding in Google, this is what people are searching for, what do you do? So I think yeah. builders have a, an amazing opportunity to over communicate to their buyers about what is going on in their market. And and like you said earlier, Matt, the <clears throat> at the beginning of COVID, we all overly communicated. Are our models open? Are they not open? Um, you know, are we selling houses? Are we not selling houses? What are we, you know, what are we doing? And we we updated all of that communication as that went along. And I think that we 
builders are dropping the ball now at this point of, of that communication uh, because the buyers still need to know what's going on and they need to know, um, you know, why this is happening and how it affects them and, and just keeping that communication open as much as possible and whatever that message is, keeping it updated um, is, is I think, where builders have a, an amazing opportunity to, to be the informer and, and keep, keep buyers up to date. And I think there's multiple ways you can do that. So what does that look like? How do you do that? Um, maybe it's a series of blog contents, educating people on the price increases. Maybe it's, it's e-blast, just getting it out in different ways. A lot of builders, um, when COVID hit, did many, um, not necessarily Facebook Lives, but video and Zoom chats. And they invited people to join them for these like you know real-time conversations. Like, this is what's happening in the market. This is what we're seeing. And that was very valuable. And people tuned in. And it's almost taking that approach again now as the builder, you know, with all the information and kind of conducting these, um, these Zooms, um, whatever it might look like to kind of get in front of your audience and just be authentic and real and educational, not defensive. And so there's different ways that you can get this message out there um, to your buyers and uh, make it just for a better understanding of what's going on. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And if you want a blog slash SEO hack, you go write a blog that's titled... <laughs> is the housing market in a bubble? <laughs> and then you list out all the things of why it's not in a bubble and you do it in a, in a bulleted format. Like I'm telling you, you're going to pick up some traffic. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got, so can, we know what consumers are asking. And this is where we talk about all the time about the importance of data. Right. And a lot of times we're utilizing data to say, all right, we need to tweak this creative. We need to tweak this ad copy. Um, this thing's ineffective. This thing's overperforming. We can pull back budget. We need to add more money. But when you look at stuff like this, this tells us what consumers are searching for. And it tells us the type of transparent messaging that we need to that we need to be focusing on. You know, when the pandemic first hit. One, we shared a bunch of data slides, like almost on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. I, I don't even remember. It was, it was, it's like a blur. It was so much information we were trying to get out there. Um, but we were sharing what search language, what people were searching for that was housing related, but not like homes for sale, right? It was how to make sourdough bread, how to, you know, homes with gymnasiums or a home gym or whatever, like a fitness studio, whatever it was, they were things that people were looking for to either put in their existing home or something that they may be looking for down the road. But when you start, can start creeping into the top of the funnel with like telling people how to create, how to make sourdough bread and then linking them back to, you know, pictures of your kitchens where they could make mm -hmm. their sourdough bread loaf. Um, but like, this is a perfect, this is another perfect opportunity for that. Alexis, you keep laughing at my sourdough bread. <laughs> I think it's sourdough bread and then like banana. I, I don't know. It was banana bread. I think was the banana big one. Some people did um, sourdough. Did you do banana bread or did you do sourdough? Banana bread. I did about 25 banana breads um, in varying recipes throughout the um, pandemic. So I was one of those people, but wow. yes, I, I can relate. 
I, I suffered through one loaf of bread and that was it. <laughs> I made some it wasn't bread even sourdough, it was just regular. <laughs> I made some bread last week. I tried to make some keto friendly bread. Oh. Um, it sucked. Yeah, it sounds terrible. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, t- 10 second side note. What I did was, it's the recipe called for coconut oil, and I went to the store and bought some, co- I bought a jar of yeah, solid jar. coconut oil yep. instead of apparently I should have used the liquid like cooking coconut mm-hmm. oil, like olive oil kind of thing. Yep. And so that's the only thing that I did differently, and it sucked. Hmm. So maybe it was maybe it was the hard coconut oil versus. So the so would it still have tasted good even if you would have used the right oil? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that's the X factor here, Amanda. That's what we don't know. <laughs> I'll have to do it again um, to see if it still sucked. Um, anyway, uh, I digress. Okay, so we're talking more about why the housing market, why this thing sucks, right? And so um, buyers are going, we talked about this, buyers are going through bidding wars. We talked about transparency. We talked about how to create content that answers these questions. And we've talked about how like we need to have the same effort and energy put into communicating the why of what's happening right now. The same type of um, energy that we put into letting people know that we were still open and they could buy a home from us a year ago. Right. So that's that's the key, I think, key takeaway there. Now let's talk about. Like we start coming down, people are are looking at houses. Let's get into the, like the nitty gritty, like the weed into the weeds of, you know, the experience of a customer looking at a house right now. So, um, I went and looked at um some some homes a couple weeks ago in Raleigh, um, and Raleigh is. Uh, f- there's lots of publicly traded home builders here. I think like 23 different publicly traded home builders in the Raleigh market. I did, I did maybe three or four. Um, I'm not going to give any names, but they're definitely, definitely names you would know. Um, and so, uh, anyway, uh, that's all I'm going to say. But so as a consumer, I was like, I want to figure this out. Right. And so I want to go see what this whole experience looks like. I went online and all of them, I did the self tour. Right. But so first off, I'm like, oh, great. I set an appointment. It was easy to do, by the way. It was easy to do online. Um, And then I show up and um, one of them was a, was a, secondary model home. So you had the model home with the little fence trap and everything. And then across the street, you had directly across the street, you had a secondary model home with no model trap, no sales center in the garage, none of that. It was literally just a furnished model home. I actually thought I was coming to see an inventory home because it didn't say that on the, it like came up under the for sale houses, Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't actually for sale. So there's your first problem. That's very confusing. Very confusing. Um, so then I go in, um, I arrive a few minutes early, um, and I can't get in. My code's not ready yet. Like it doesn't give you your code until your appointment time, which that was fine. I I just hung out for five minutes outside in the rain. It was totally fine. (laughs) Um, but I get why. Right. And so then 11 o'clock, I think it was 11 AM comes my, my screen refreshes. I get my like five or six digit code. I punched in, I go in house is all lit up. It's nothing wrong with the model. All that's great. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is, this is nice. I get to tour the house. Um, again, I said the sales office is behind, like across the street, directly across the street. There's cars in the parking lot. Well, a car in the parking lot. 
assuming salesperson. Um, so I go, I'm, I'm touring the secondary model. I do my thing. I come out and I'm, I'm literally looking around going, okay, this is the model, not an inventory home. I have questions. What am I looking at? Right. There's, I have, I, I have no idea what I'm looking at. I don't know the square footage of this house. I don't know the price of this home. I don't know the options that are in this home now that it's a model and it's not for sale. Uh, I take that back. I believe there was a price on the website, but it wasn't for sale. It was ended up being the base price of the model. There were structural options that were added. There were designer options. There were, you know, there were options. It was a model. I have no idea about any of this. And I like come out and I'm like looking around all of the, um, all of the windows in the sales office garage had blinds on them. They were all pull closed, pull closed all the way down. You couldn't see in or out. I think um, someone was maybe like avoiding you. I don't, I don't think 100%. <laughs> maybe they saw my name. They're like, I'm not going to talk to that dude. Um, and so they got, so they have an a frame sign that is positioned in front of the door that you would walk in to go into the cell center, by the way, the door was locked and they had an A for like literally like blocking, blocking the door. <laughs> like they did not want to talk to anybody, but I go up and like knock, I knock on the window. And then I take like 47 steps back with my mask on just in case like the person in there is like terrified. Um, and so I back, he comes out, we have a really quick conversation um, and I leave. And he gave me, he, he gave me a folder, a packet of information with a price list and all their floor plans and their site plans and their lot premiums. And if I were a builder shopping them, that's great. I just walked away with everything that I needed to know. Um, but as a consumer, I was left like, well, what now? I got zero follow-up. Um, I got nothing after the fact. And I will say it wasn't all that way for all the builders, but I will tell you it was similar. So I'm, I'm painting the picture of worst case scenario here. Um, but that's the, that's the experience that a customer had on self-guided tours in this, this market sucks market. That hurts my heart. All of that. I just have to say that. <laughs> I did a lot of talking and now I'm going to stop and you guys talk, but I wanted to like frame in that horrible story. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, like I said earlier, it's an opportunity for builders to communicate. And when you have these, you know, self-guided tours through your models or inventory to homes, you have to make sure that you are creating an experience for those buyers walking through. They're, they're different than an online lead. They're different than, uh, you know, they, you have them at a different place in the in the buying process and you need to meet them where they're at and we're we're failing miserably. I mean obviously you you saw that when you when you walked through and 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 I think that just goes to literally every other stage of the process. I mean, I've been doing um, a lot of um, secret shops lately with the builders across the nation and like, it's horrible, but we know that. I mean, right. Like that is, it's not new. Um, but, but when, when are we going to make that change? Right. Like we, we say this all the time and, and, um, you know, we, we provide the resources and, um, you know, they're, they're definitely, they need to figure out how to, um, communicate to buyers where they're at, 
um, when they're there and, and do so in a way that's very specific to you have a hot person that's in your model right now walking through and nobody's there to answer in a pandemic question. Right, right. And you know that people are buying houses left and right and they have no way to contact you and you you have their information because you know they had to fill out whatever form to get access to your model and you know it's a perfect opportunity for the OSE to send them a quick text hey i you know saw that you're you're just walked through our whatever model do you have any questions do you have time to connect whatever whatever that is and we're not really it's, yeah. it's really no, it's hard. That's the sad part about it. Um, you know, it's easy. And it's just really taking a step back, I think, through all of this, no matter what the scenario is, self-tour, selections, design center, it's really evaluating your processes and making sure that you have these processes in place. Because I think what we're finding now is people are scrambling and realizing that they need to refine their processes and, and build in these efficiencies that they didn't have. So it just really comes back to fine-tuning these foundations and making sure that you have everything set up in place for these different scenarios. And I think what people are finding out is the processes aren't there. And so we're being reactive instead of proactive. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what we're seeing across the board. I have to say, like, I think if you were to, anybody were to go back and listen to the last 12 months of Building Perspective episodes, you might hear some version of dial your process in <laughs> now in every single episode. There might be 50 episodes of you could hear something said about like get your processes right. Get your processes mm-hmm. right. Hmm. Yeah. Like do it while you can. Invest in your invest in a CRM, invest in a new CRM, invest in the tools to make your CRM better. Invest in invest in invest in yourself. Yep. Um while you're selling more houses than you want to cuz it's a lot easier anyway. I'm going to stop because again, you could go back and listen to the last 50 episodes of building perspective and you're going to hear a version of that somewhere. Um, but yeah, we've got, like you said, Alexis, we've got to meet the buyer's expectations. And the, the other reality uh, there, there's, I'm going to rewind two seconds here, but there was a key, another key element that I said, um, I stood in the rain while I was waiting to get in the house. I don't care about standing in the rain, but it was raining there. And I was still out looking at homes Therefore, you were a hot buyer. I was not kicking, right? I mean, I was kicking tires, but I wasn't looky looky loose here. Yeah, that's that's not someone looking for a decorating idea, if I do say so myself. Right. Like that, yeah. That's like someone giving you your phone number on a website, Lee, on a website form that doesn't have to give you their phone number. Yeah. I was, um, I I actually shopped some um, builders today and one of the forms had um, like preference of how, how I wanted to be contacted. And so it was email, um, I think call or text. And so I selected text because I was like, all right, um, go That's ahead, text me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Nada, nothing. And that was probably, I don't know, six hours ago. Like, all right, come on. Even if you were on a phone call when I submitted that form, you could have texted me by now. Yeah, that's right. And it goes back to maybe this market sucks for online sales counselors too, because they're handling more leads than they can. Sure. Absolutely. No question. Excuse yeah. be, But then again, it goes back to, again, I'll say it one more time, processes and efficiencies built in place to be able to manage those leads. And do we need to bring on a second online sales counselor? Like these are all the questions 
that we need to be asking ourselves during this time. So we well, see- we were we were just talking about this um, last week, I think, with uh, Beacon, Beth and Corey over at Beacon, and we were we were, you know Corey was talking about how she's getting a ton of realtors that are calling in asking questions, and it's right. like okay is, you know, you start have to, you start having to ask the questions. Is it too many calls from a volume perspective? Right. Is it taking away from talking to other prospects? Right. And is it the same questions over and over again? Well, yes, it's the same questions over and over again. So then you talk through like, all right, how do we think our way in, into more, into better efficiency? And I was like, well, you're, we're using call rail as our call tracking system. You know, we can we could add uh, uh, instead of press one for sales, two for warranty, three for whatever. We can says if you're a real estate agent looking for updates on communities and inventory, press three. And there's a pre-recorded message that says we have no inventory. Um, if your question is anything other than inventory, leave a message and we'll call you right back. You know what I mean? Like so, there are obviously I'm making that up, but there are ways that you can quickly and easily become more efficient, especially when you're getting the same things over and over and over again. Right. And and if you're getting them from customers within specific communities, then add a pop-up message to that community page, change the copy on the website, put the, put more different copy on the actual form that they're clicking on that basically says, please, for the love of God, don't click on this. Don't submit this form unless you need this, this, or this, you know, or take the form off your website, Uh, you know, but there are ways to do it and you just have to think through it without, because the reality is, is Amanda, if you were the prospect, you're like, yes, I prefer to talk via text and you select text because you asked me what my preference was. And then they don't do anything. I mean, game over. <laughs> On to the next one. Bye. Yeah. You lost. Um, yeah. yeah, like I, what I were, already. What were our stats, Alexis, on uh, our, our shops? Nine percent. I just I say it every time. Nine percent of builders are utilizing text as a as a platform, which um, goes to show you, um, you know, what we're seeing out there. So, and that's that is probably the preferred method of communication for most people in the beginning, at least while they're gathering information. And um, knowing that and knowing how many people aren't using it, just showing that that the need for that and the the opportunity that's being missed. And if your competition is sending a text message, that's who you're going with. And so um, need to keep that in the back of your mind and be texting, especially when it's checked off as a preference. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we really had a couple of main like key points, right? One is this market sucks, right? We talked about this market sucks. And so what we've got to do is we've got to set up and be provide good, transparent, believable information um, that's not, you know, written in a way that makes it sound like everything's all rosy. You just got to be straight to the point. You got to tell people what they should expect, um, why, why the market is in the current state that it is. Um, because you, I mean, you've got to put that information out there. We are not doing it in the same way that we would be communicating when we're trying to sell homes, right? Think about, you know, interest rates are going up. Okay. Well, we've got to put stuff out there that, you know, you can still buy a home at, at you, you're everything when you're not selling is all geared around communicating with people, how they can still buy or what they can still afford. But now we're like, please don't buy anything. And we've got to communicate to them. Otherwise, they're going to submit a form 
they're OSC or the salesperson or however the leads are distributed, nothing's going to happen. And it's a big, massive letdown and it's a bad customer experience. And then they're not, it, it's, it's bad for your brand. So yeah. we've got to transparent, be transparent. And to me, I almost see there's a huge opportunity here, right? Let's say we don't have anything to sell. We have no inventory, but there are people that aren't ready to make a move today. They're, they're not ready to make a move tomorrow. They're top of the funnel. They're just kind of um, doing their research. This is the time to invest in our brand and our reputation and build that brand recognition, build that trust so that when they are ready to dive in, you're top of mind for them. So you have to be thinking about that too, um, just building your reputation for the people that aren't ready to make a move tomorrow. And when people say, you know, I don't have anything to sell, I don't have any inventory, there's still plenty, plenty of um, opportunity to get your name and your marketing out there. Yeah. And I think it's important too for maybe some builders to hear that like we can't shut things off right now. Like it's not something that you can just shut off and turn back on when you want to turn it back on. It doesn't work like that, right? You have to keep things moving and your messaging changes. Like you just said, Alexis, it's more branding right now and just brand awareness and keeping your name out there. So for those people who are kind of laying low right now, um, you know, when they're ready, you and, and you have houses to sell, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to find you and, and they're going to come to you. And I would say that, that like to piggyback on what you said about from a brand awareness, like that doesn't mean throwing your logo out there and like spending money. You don't have to spend a lot of money right now. Um, but brand awareness can be being, res being a resource, right. Mm -hmm. And, and exactly. providing content that answers people's questions. It answers people's questions about when they see CNBC putting articles that says, when's the housing market going to crash? And then you see Google's reporting. This is what people are Googling. Um, then you are searching for, you, you've got to respond to that and you've got to answer those questions. And then mm -hmm. the, the last part is, it is that's a freaking broken record. You've got to focus on your processes. You got to focus on your people, get them the right training that they need to deal with the problems that they have, that they're having. Um, don't stick your head in the sand and say this, you know, we'll just deal with this when we have more stuff to sell. It is not the way consumers think. Um, we don't want to, we don't want to burn those bridges. Um, you really have to have these conversations internally about what are our pinch points, right? Um, what, what is the friction that is happening between our customers and us, our suppliers and us, our trade people and us, our, t our own team members within the organization itself? What are, what are the friction points um, along the way? And we have to manage everyone's expectations, right? It go comes down to wait lists and, you know, website updates and the content and, and just all of those things are friction points. And you have to, it can be as simple as saying, well, wait a minute, can't we just add a press three if you're a realtor and listen to this recorded message? Or can't we yeah. just put a message, a pop-up on the single singular community page that we don't want anybody to submit information for? You know, like those are the kind of conversations you need to be having internally to um, to make sure that you're not like killing your customer experience and therefore killing your brand. Yeah, you, you made a good point, Matt. I The internal communication, I think we talked a lot about like open communication with consumers, but I think that first and foremost, you need to make sure that everybody internally on your team is on the same page, right? We, we are making assumptions that buyers know what is happening in the market with everything. And that's 
bad to do that because we know that they clearly are not educated as much as what we are. But same goes for, you know, internal um, employees. Like we shouldn't assume that they all understand um, everything that's going on and make sure that everybody is on the same page with what is being communicated, how it's being communicated, when it's being communicated, where it's being communicated, and make sure yeah. that you have a solid plan in place um, to to communicate what you want to communicate. Communicate what you want to communicate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love no, it, 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 but it's the truth, right? You've got to. It, it goes all the way through. It's like uh, you know, here's a here's a matism. You got to pull the thread all the way through the needle. So like. You, you, you know, it's got to, it's got to come all the way full circle from the, your customers to your team members and everything, everything in between. So, okay. Well, this market sucks. Um, hopefully it doesn't continue to suck much longer. Hopefully uh, our prices on our framing and supply, you know, our supply chain increases and hopefully we can get back to normal. Um, and in this case, normal, let's, like, let's just get back to like 2019, right? Like that's, yeah. By the way, which is like a 45% drop from where we're at right now. I'll take a 45% right. drop. <laughs> um, so anyway, this market sucks. Let's hope it doesn't suck much longer. Um, focus on the key points that we just talked through and it'll suck less for your customers. So that's a wrap on this episode of Building Perspective. I, I don't think I've ever thought I would use the word suck this many times in a podcast. I have to say, I think it's my favorite title to date. It's very attention getting. I mean, who wouldn't want to listen to this? That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. And uh, thanks for humoring me as I rant. And as always, thanks for your great input. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah. Bye.